Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Du L and I'm from New York and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, June 17, 2016, and today we're reading from the big book on uh, and we are at page 72, beginning with the first paragraph, many having made our personal inventory, what shall we do? do about it and we'll read through the second paragraph with until they told someone else their whole story we'll we'll read the first paragraph for context only and focus on the second paragraph for comments today's readers are 12 steps renata g 12 traditions debbie t readers for the main text are nancy h katie g and janice b the reference number for yesterday, Thursday, June 16, is 8836. Um, OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive old reader who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive eating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Renata G. to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Du, for your service. Good morning, family. This is Renata G., Recovered Compulsory Reader in New York. 12 Steps of Away. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching, fearless, moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsory readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Past.
Do can't hear you. Morning. Sorry about that, folks. Can you hear me now? We can hear you. Okay, I will now ask Debbie T to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, family. This is Debbie T, a recovered compulsive overeater from Ohio. The 12 traditions. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants, and they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise whose problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communications. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me share. Um, everybody have a wonderful day. Thank you, Debbie T. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and then stop and share on what we read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions of the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we are on page 72 beginning with the first paragraph, having made our personal inventory, what shall we do about it? And we will read through the second paragraph ending with, until we told someone else the whole life story. The first paragraph we're gonna read for context only 
and the comments should be focused on the second paragraph. I will now ask Nancy H. to begin reading. Good morning, everyone. Having made our personal inventory, what shall we do about it? We have been trying to get a new attitude, a new relationship with our Creator, and to discover the obstacles in our path. We have admitted certain defects. We have ascertained in a rough way what the trouble is. We have put our finger on the weak items in our personal inventory. Now these are about to be cast out. This requires action on our part, which when completed will mean that we have admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our defects. This brings us to the fifth step in the program of recovery mentioned in the preceding chapter. This is perhaps difficult, especially discussing our defects with another person. We think we have done well enough in admitting these things to ourselves. There is doubt about that. In actual practice, we usually find a solitary self-appraisal insufficient. Many of us thought it necessary to go much further. We will be more reconciled to discussing ourselves with another person when we see good reasons why we should do so. The best reason first, if we skip this vital step, we may not overcome drinking. Time after time, newcomers have tried to keep to themselves certain facts about their lives. Trying to avoid this humbling experience, they have turned to easier methods. Almost invariably, they got drunk. Having persevered with the rest of the program, they wondered why they fell. We think the reason is that they never completed their house cleaning. They took inventory, all right, but hung on to some of the worst items in stock. They only thought they had lost their egoism and fear. They only thought they had humbled themselves. But they had not learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty in the sense we find it necessary until they told someone else all their life story. Wow. There's a lot in these two paragraphs. This is Nancy from Massachusetts. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, so in step four, we found that we had to um, disclose, our, dis disclose ourselves to admit to God and to ourselves the nature of our wrongs. But in step five, now what are they telling us? They're telling us to tell our whole story to another human being. And they're telling us why we better do it, because if we don't, we won't recover from our overeating. First of all, we are warned that we better not skip this vital step. Um, I personally had spent a lot of time in analysis paralysis before, trying to figure out and trying to ask God what was wrong with me and what my, why my life was so unmanageable. Now, when I told another person the exact nature of my wrongs, actually I was given an opportunity to receive feedback and to be called on my stuff so that I had to be totally honest. And that kind of made me accountable for my behavior. Um, I was anxious actually to do this step once I saw everything down in black and white because I knew I was a mess. And uh, I didn't know what I was going to do about it. And I never imagined that I was going to uncover so many different things by having feedback from another person. And I, I, when I was told... You know, I was shown, actually, how I was selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, afraid, inconsiderate. I realized that even though I've been blaming everyone else for all my troubles, uh, I was the one that had to change, or everything was going to stay the same as it was because nobody else is going to... I can't change another person. I can only change myself. So, um, actually, this step was a pretty humbling experience, and the intent was that I lose my egoism and my fear, as they say here, and indeed I did. <laughs> I was able to see um, clearly what was actually going on in my life. 
And in the uh, big book here on page 75, they tell us that we're in the process of, of uh, building a solid foundation. You know, the first five steps for me, I had to be sure that it was going to be solid because I couldn't go on with the rest of the recovery program until I did that. And so um, I, I was totally honest. Not I was rigorously honest, 100%. I didn't hold anything back. Um, I... Uh, I got freed from from my uh, egoism and fear, and I, it wasn't all about me anymore. I, I lost that syndrome, and I let go of all my secrets. So I'm very grateful that I can I could do this step, and it was so worthwhile. And that allowed me to go on with the rest of the steps because once I did this step, I knew that if I didn't go on with the rest of the steps, that nothing was going to change again. And you know, you do the same behaviors, you get the same results, and that's what I was getting. So um, I'm grateful, actually, that you're all traveling this journey with me, and I thank you for allowing me to be part of the visionaries because this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And I hope you all have a good day, and I pass. Thank you so much, Nancy H. Um, I'm going to ask others who would like to share um, at this time if, if there's anyone else who would like to share on this paragraph. Sherry from Westford. Nessa R. Um, Sherry from Philadelphia. Kimberly. Kimberly. Vasa O. Vasa O. Kim G. Kim G. Charles H. And I heard someone else. Tina S. Tina S. Okay, we'll, we're going to start off with those. Um, we're going to uh, start with Nessa R., Sherry from Philadelphia, Kim G., Vasa O., Kim G., um, I'm sorry, um, Kimberly. I'm, I didn't get your last initial, Kimberly. Kimberly, um, Vasa O., Kim G., Charles H., and Tina S. Let's start off with those, and we'll start off with you, uh, Nessa R., Hi, good morning, Vision for You. My name is Nessa R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, solitary self-appraisal never worked for me. Um, I was always uh, more proficient at identifying the other guy's defects than identifying my own. Um, I guess because I practice, I was very good at uh, rationalization, self-justification, denial, and all those things, um, but also because I am not objective when I look at my own stuff. And, you know, even if I am not in denial, if I am not trying to justify myself, rationalizing, you know, uh, my feelings and the, the fact that I am right and they shouldn't have done what they did and yada, yada, yada. You know, the fact is that I, I, I don't know what I don't know. Um, I need to learn um, how do I identify my own selfishness, my own self-seeking, my, my fears, my, my dishonesty? And when I first do this work, the first time I do step four and step five, you know, I have no experience. Um, I have no experience. And the only way to acquire that experience is to go to somebody who knows more than I do, who can look at my stuff objectively and who can say, this is how you're being selfish and self-seeking and dishonest and afraid, et cetera, et cetera. You know, 
even now that I have, you know, a few years of experience, I still get stuck. I still don't know sometimes how I'm being selfish. And I have to call my sponsor and I say, you know, help me, help me with this one. You know, this is what happened and I'm stuck. I can't identify my selfishness. And then, of course, once she does, uh, or the dishonesty or whatever, whatever it happens to be, and when she does, you know, like a light, a light bulb goes on. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, and then I see it. And then it's information that I, um, that I store for the, for the next time something similar happens, and that's how I build experience. So if I skip this vital step, there's no way to acquire that experience. I cannot teach myself what I don't know. I got to go to those who have gone before me, those uh, in whom the problem has been solved, who have recovered and can teach me, you know, and this, I think this step is, is not only about rigorous honesty, but it's also about being teachable because I need to learn the skills. What I do in steps one through nine is learn the skills that will get me through life without having to compulsively overeat. And then in steps 10, 11, and 12, I get to practice those skills. So the first time around, I need, to some, I need somebody to show me the way. And that's the reason for the importance of step five, um, in my opinion. And I pass. Thank you, Nessa. Um, Sherry from Philadelphia, you're up next. Hi, Duell. This is Sherry from Massachusetts. Um, I am a compulsive overeater recovered. Um, and I don't think there was a Philadelphia, it was Massachusetts, but it kind of sounds the same. Um, I, I did this step um, for the first time um, when I was in treatment in 1986. I was there for drugs and alcohol treatment. And uh, the way that they had us do it there was, you know, you did your, your third, your fourth, your fifth, and... And then I went to a, a priest or a minister, I don't remember who it was, um, in, the, in the facility, in the treatment center. And I, he was a complete stranger. I didn't know him. Um, I gave him, I wasn't even Catholic. I didn't even believe in a God at that time. Um, I gave him my fifth step. It was very, it was a mess. It was not thorough. It was nothing. We didn't go through the big book. Um, it was just kind of like, you know, um, for Catholics, I think they go to church and confess their sins. It, that's what it felt like for me. It wasn't really, it, they called it a fifth step, but it was not um, the way that I did it later, 20, you know, 25 years dry and sober in AA. I did it 25 years later the correct way. Um, and finally, when I was willing to put the food down, I did go through these steps, uh, fourth and fifth, while eating, and that didn't work. Um, thought that I was, you know, doing a great job, but I was eating while I was doing it, so that, so that didn't work. Um, finally, I did it while I was abstinent, um, with the first of ever eating, and, you know, did it the way it's laid out in this book, and where it says trying to get a, um, get a new attitude, a new relationship with our creator, and to discover the obstacles in our path, I couldn't, you know, I was really blocked because I really need to get a new relationship um, with my creator. And it wasn't until um, I did get a new relationship with my creator and others um, that I was able to um, continue my step work. And when I gave this fifth step away to my sponsor, I was horrified. And I thought she would be horrified. And I completely thought that she would 
um, be so horrified that she wouldn't want to sponsor me uh, through the rest of the steps. I, I thought, oh, she's not going to like all these things that I've done. Um, she's definitely not going to want to um, continue with me. And I was so wrong. Um, she was so loving and kind and gentle. And what really helped me to continue with this step five without um, hesitation was she told me some things um, uh, you know, that she had done in her past. Um, and that really helped me, you know, so that it was, you know, because she was somebody on the phone that I hadn't even met before. Um, so, you know, we had a relationship, but still, I was really scared about that, um, giving her um, all, of my, all of my inventory. So um, it worked out well, and, um, and I uh, am very grateful. Thank you, Pat. Thank you. We'll move on. Um, thank you, Sherry from Massachusetts. <laughs> we'll move on to Kimberly. And um, uh, let me have your last initial, please. Sure. This is Kimberly L., compulsive overeater from Georgia. May I be heard? Yes. Go ahead. Excellent. Um, so I just finished the fourth and fifth step process. And, man, I just, the thing that stuck out to me is that there were certain things that I wanted to hold on to. There were certain things that I was like, there is no way I can tell anybody about these couple of things. Um, and one thing I have circled <clears throat> in this paragraph is that until they told someone else all their life stories, and that all really sticks out at me. Um, and one of the things that was really helpful is that my sponsor said, <laughs> In the very beginning, I specifically remember where I was sitting. She said, okay, what are the, the couple of things that you, you just don't want to tell me or that you're really afraid to tell me? And I just got it out there. And I felt like the weight of the world was just lifted. <clears throat> the other thing that was just so critical to this process and so different from four steps that I've done before because I've done other four steps in this program, not this way, and also in another program when I was still eating, is that this fourth and fifth step that I did, I, the focus was on my selfishness, my dishonesty, and my fear, and where was I self-seeking? That was the focus, because I'm so quick to blame and so quick to focus on the cause. I want to prove that I'm right and that everybody else has done something. But this was about me, and this was about where I was selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and afraid. And it was, um, it was this huge burden that I felt was just lifted from my shoulders once I finished this process. And um, with that, I passed. Thank you so much, Kimberly. Um, we're going to move on to Vasa O. Vasa O. Yes, thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Drew, for your service, and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Action. Um, this is a really good reading. Um, I know for myself, uh, I, when I came into the program, I admitted to God, to myself, the wrongs that I had done, and for me, when I heard, you know, to go to another human being, to share my 
a life story, you know, uh, or when I did, my first time I did it with a counselor and the next time I did a big book step study sponsor and where I focused on where was selfish, um, self-seeking, fear, fearful, and, um, you know, all those things uh, that I put down on the paper. And I, I mean, I came to this program just to lose the weight. I was not looking to get into working the steps, you know. But I, you know, it's by the grace of God I got my abstinence right from the beginning. And I kept on hearing when I went to meetings, you know, people that had gone before me, or you know, or my sponsor said I need to work the rest of the steps now. If I didn't, I'd go back into the food. So my goal was to do whatever it took. So I wouldn't go back to the food, even though if it's here, this is perhaps difficult, especially discussing our defects with another person. We think we have done well enough in admitting these things to ourselves, and there is doubt about that. And I thought for myself, well, I did enough just to put the food down, you know. That's what I came for. I came for the vanity, but now looking back, I stayed for the sanity. And I thank God I kept on listening and listening. Yes, it's embarrassing for me to go to another human being and, and, and admit my character defects, you know. What are they going to think about me? Are they going to like me? Um, I'm, am I just going to be a terrible person, you know? And the, my experience just the other way around, you know, when I did it, you know, those people shared their own weaknesses. And especially a counselor, I thought they were perfect, you know. They... They were educated, and they knew exactly what they were doing to have a good life, you know. And, uh, boy, when I heard him share some of his problems, and I could identify, and and, and with my big book self-study sponsor, she, she shared her stuff, too. And, again, it was difficult. I was embarrassed. I was going to, you know, go into my grave with some of my secrets that I carried over my lifetime, but I had not unturned stone. By the time I was ready and willing to do, I wanted to be honest, and I wanted to do everything that came to my mind. And uh, if I forgot something, then I can do it like 10, 11, 12 step, you know. And things do crop up every once in a while, so what an opportunity. I can, I can do it again. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to move on to Kim G. Kim G., you're up. Good morning, Do. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. A solitary self-appraisal is insufficient. I love the way that word use appraisal. You know, when you go to sell your house, you don't decide how much you're going to sell your house for. You know, I personally have hardwood floor that's in really bad shape because I have dogs, but that's okay because I have dogs. But someone coming in to buy my house just sees crappy hardwood floors. So what do I do? I, heard, I hire a third-party appraiser, someone who's not invested in is my home. And they're going to tell me by the number of bedrooms, the number of bathrooms, how much square footage, what um, school district I'm in. And they're going to give me an objective third-party appraisal of how much my house is worth. That's the beauty of a fifth step. Someone who's going to come in who's objective who isn't charged by the activities of our life, that's going to help us identify specifically that fourth column where we're selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened. We're going to find out what is damaged and unassailable so that we can get rid of them promptly. 
But the other point I want to make is um, saying trying to avoid this humbling experience, they have turned to easier methods. Almost invariably, they got drunk. Having persevered with the rest of the program, they wondered why they fell. You know, this for me, a common question, common thing that happens to me is someone calls me and they want to do a 10 step. And I ask them where they are in their step. I go, well, oh, I just picked up two or three days ago, but I need to do a 10 step. Well, that's not what the big book says. If we pick up, if we go back to the food, we need to go to back to step one. And what I find is a lot of people are frustrated saying the steps aren't working because they're doing the steps in the food or they're thinking when they pick up, they can just start where they left off and continue on. And this is telling us specifically that we cannot do that. We have to go back to step one. Remember, what are the steps doing for us? Steps one through nine help us get unblocked. Steps 10 and 11 help us stay unblocked. So if I get blocked up again by picking up, I got to go back to step one. You know, I think about and more about alcoholism with Fred and um, Jim and Fred. When they pick up, they don't come out to Jim and Fred and say, hey, Jim, when's the last time we talked to you? Where were we at? They go back and they say, Jim, what happened? And they review step one. When Fred picks up, they don't say, Fred, where were we? Where did you stop off when you picked up? They bring him back to step one. Even when Bob picked up in step nine, what happened? Bill picked him up and Bill went through the steps with him to get him back to step nine. So it's very important for us to understand these steps are in order for a reason and we have to be sober the entire time we get through the steps. Otherwise, what happens is we get, at least for me, I got frustrated thinking these steps don't work. But really what was happening was I wasn't following the clear-cut directions in this book. And the first direction, which we see here over and over again, is I must be sober while going through the steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Kim. Uh, we will have Charles H. You're up next. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Duel, for your service this morning. Just imagine a crackhead going through the, um, trying to go through the steps, smoking rocks. It ain't going to happen. Talking about persevering with the rest of the program, and I ain't even put down the substance. I'm blocked by the substance. And, and hold up, I'm going to hit it from a different angle, right? Suppose you done, you done did the work where, where I heard plenty of times um, on the telephone, yeah, I haven't been through the work. They go around John's corner, and and and, and but um, they didn't. Per- I love that word, persevere. They didn't persevere. It take like it take like um, it, it take like some. I gotta do surgery talking to some some folk, and I actually identify being that folk, right? Saying, oh, you know this and that, 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 and they finally slip out the words that you know I stopped um, working the program. So so I'm gonna hit it from the angle of. You know, you you done, you lived in 10, 11, and 12, or you throw it around like a piece of salami. So I'm like, yeah, I lived in 10, 11, and 12, but you didn't talk. I, you didn't talk about you, you ain't doing it on a daily basis. So 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 what is that? And you know what? Some of that is some of our fault, even on this line where you know you hearing means oh by the by the way you by the time you're halfway through the ninth step you'll be amazed. What about taking them through 10, 11, and 12? Because if they don't know, they don't know. Even on the line, I'm not. I'm keeping it real, so I don't care who like me. I'm not doing this for likes. I'm doing it for the love of the program, right? Like we dropping people um, after step nine and not teaching them how to continue. And perseverance is is positive stubbornness, in, in my opinion, because um, I have to continue. And I'm gonna give you an example. I went in on one of my um, 
one of my one of my um my workers because they did something stupid that I did back in the day, and I and I knew I even in the glory of just going in on this dude, I went in so hard last night. Then I went in again this morning, knowing that I gotta I gotta persevere and I'm gonna have to buck up. And after I went in and he went back in, and I said, you know what, man, I you know. I've been through this, and I had to I had to eat crow because I know I was I was not acting sober, even though the food is down, right? And look at me judging, and I done did the same thing, cracked out going to work, cracked out of my mind, locking the keys in, leaving, doing all types of stupid stuff, right? And I'm glad this is not solitary. I done told y'all about it. I'm going to write about it. And now I'm good money, and I can go on with my merry life. Because I went in on this dude. Yesterday, the whole world was on my shoulder. Woe is me. But by the time I got home and did some work, um, it was all right. But then until this dude did what he did, and but I reacted. So you know what? I got to persevere with this program, positive um, stubbornness, keep it, keep it moving, tell somebody else, admit to God, and keep it moving. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Charles. Uh, we're going to move on to Tina S. Thanks to Tina S., compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Heard some really great stuff this morning. Just love it. Uh, you know, this is my experience. You know, I'd been around 12-step stuff for quite a while, and I never got past step four. And so I was always either drinking or in the food. And, um, you know, so when I finally had a sponsor that we were sitting down and reading the book and going through the stuff in the process, you know, when I read this, you know, if I don't do this, and, and I say this today to, my, to myself, I say it to sponsors, but I mostly say it for myself, the best reason first, doesn't say second, third, fourth, or whatever, if we skip this vital step, we may not overcome drinking. You know, and so that was my experience. And, and what I do know today, and the good news is, you know, I can't stop here. You know, I have to move on. And, you know, and I had done all this stuff, you know, um, trying to turn into easier, softer methods. So by the time I got here the last time, I was really ready. I had tried a whole hell of, excuse my French here, a lot of other stuff, and that just did not work. And, um, you know, so today, you know, and, and I had a sponsor who, when I, I said something, and she also said to me when, as soon as we sat down, you know, what is it that you're not going to tell me? And I say that today to people, you know, because if I thought I wasn't going to, when she asked me, I did. And so, you know, that was my experience, and so I share it. And, uh, you know, again, one day at a time, if I do the deal, you know, I get the, I get the results. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. Um, we're going to take a few more shares before we uh, move on to the next paragraph. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Janice M. Lynn S. Okay, so I heard Janice Leia M. Lynn S. Leia M. Okay, anyone else? Last call. <laughs> okay, so we have... Uh, Three readers, Janice M., Lynn S., and Leah M. So we'll start with Janice M. Well, thank you, Du L. This is um, Janice M., and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. Yeah, and, you know, it starts out and says, this is perhaps difficult. Well, how do they know? Well, <laughs> experience. And this is perhaps difficult. Because I've been, I went through it also. But, you know, the, the person before me took, took what I wanted to say. However, this whole process 
of doing these steps, and especially this step, is to deflate my ego because that was my problem. Ego, egotistical, dishonesty. And, you know, when I um, avoid telling the worst items in my inventory, um, you know, through justification, as was meant, um, as was said, et cetera, um, you know, who am I fooling? I mean, am I fooling myself? Yeah. And, you know, the most important one I'm fooling is my God, my higher power. Like, he doesn't know. I try to fool him three or four times. You know, because I wasn't honest. And guess what? <laughs> lie, lie, lie. You know, he knows I'm lying. And, you know, I never thought of that. I thought that, geez, you know, well, I mean, uh, you know, this is okay. And that is dishonest, dishonest, dishonest. But, you know, when they say um, tell all their life story, um, telling their uh, all of this is a warning, of course like it was just mentioned, warning, warning, warning. If we don't do this, we're going to eat again. My experience, absolutely, that's what happened. I held back. I held back because of justification. And when it says all their life story, people think, oh, to be thorough, um, I should write everything from the time I was born to the time now and every little aspect. And if I don't tell every little thing, that I'm not going to get recovered. No. All, again, means do not keep anything from your sponsor if that's the one that's taking your fifth step. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a sponsor, and I've never, never fell off the chair when somebody gave me their fourth step. In fact, I could identify with all of them. Uh, maybe not exactly, but there's nothing new under the sun. So uh, the thing is, if you want to be free, um, from, it says here, be free for good reason. Why am I doing this? So that I will not eat compulsively again and have those obsessions. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Okay, thank you, Janice. And we'll ask Lynn S. to share next. Good morning. This is Lynn S., a recovering compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. I love this particular paragraph because it relates so much to my experience I had uh, 17 years of abstinence, and then I went through an eight-year relapse. And I know why, in hindsight, why that happened to me, and it's right here. They only thought they had lost their egoism and fear. They only thought they had humbled themselves. But they had not learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty in the sense we find it necessary until they told someone else all their life story. I could quote the history of AA backwards and forwards. I could quote the big book. I knew where everything was, sponsored tons of people. You know, everything was fine. But I know now in hindsight that I I only thought that I had done this step work. And, And you know what? Honestly, now looking back, I knew things were niggling at me. I knew things weren't right, but I wasn't doing the step work the way were taught to in the big book. I thought I was, but I wasn't. And I can see that now. I'm going through the steps, and and it's not happening a vision for you way in the sense of speed and things like this. It's taking me a long, long time, but I am finally unearthing those things that really cause those 
violent emotional twists in my makeup that caused the problem. And now I'm... Folks, if, if you're on the phone, please mute your phone. Now I'm understanding. I'm going to mute the line. Thank you, Leo. Lynn, you could press star one and continue your share. Thank you. What I was going to say is it's it's sinking into my heart now, and I'm finding that that's not just as soon as I did step five this time, but with the continuation of working into the steps, the continual step ten turnarounds, I'm learning more and more. It's sinking more and more into my heart. Every time I do a step ten, I lose more of my egoism and fear. Every time I do a step ten, I have again humbled myself, and I'm getting more honest. So I see this whole thing as a work in progress, but I I can just see the difference between where I was then and where I am now. And for that, I'm grateful. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, um, Lynn S. And I just want to remind folks, if you're not sharing, please keep your um, phones muted so that we can have a smooth meeting. We will resume our sharing with Leah M., Thanks so much, Stu. This is perhaps difficult, especially discussing our defects with another person. Um, You know, this is where we lose people in the process (laughs) um, because it does seem so, uh, let's say, intimidating. Um, You know, the big book talks about this um, previously on page 25 when it says, almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of shortcomings, which the process requires for its successful consummation. You know, we have a goal in mind, we have an aim and an objective, and that is uh, to have a spiritual awakening, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And we do have to persevere through these steps. We can't rely on the information of our fourth step as we see it because we don't have a good record of the truth. We only have our own perception. And, you know, I had to remember also that my best thinking got me here. My perception was very twisted and very distorted uh, due to years uh, living um you know, in the darkness, so to speak. Uh, So I couldn't rely on my limited, distorted opinion of what I found in my inventory. So step five uh, was an opportunity to get out an outside viewpoint and, and take a look, a different look at things, a new vision. You know, I was not in a vision for you when I got here, um, but with the help of someone who was recovered, someone who was free, someone who had persevered uh, through these very same steps, um, I was led through this process. And I did share, and we do share our most personal feelings and our most carefully guarded secrets. And we may experience anguish going through this, but freedom isn't free. I mean, you know, what choice did I have? This disease had cornered me, had cornered me. So from this sponsor, this person in whom the problem had been solved, I benefited from their full range of experience. As a recovered person, um, they understood what I was attempting to do and because they had done it themselves. 
and as a recovered person, uh, they had experienced in recovery and had dealt with the matters that I was just beginning to face. The patterns uh, that I was so entangled in, they had already been cut free from those talents. So uh, they had enough compassion to listen to my resentments, my fears, uh, you know, any feelings that were threaded through that. And they had enough integrity to respect my confidences, and they had enough insight through their personal experience to help me get and keep the exact nature of my wrongs within my field of vision and to help me to avoid getting distracted by blaming other people uh, that I had written about. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Um, okay, so we're going to resume our reading of the text on page 73, More Than Most People, and we will ask Katie G to resume that reading. Hey, do it's Katie. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Wonderful. Katie G recovered from Buffalo Eater, anorexic and bulimic. More than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. He is very much the actor. To the outer world, he presents his stage character. This is the one he likes his fellows to see. He wants to enjoy a certain reputation, but know in his heart he doesn't deserve it. Oh, dear. Thank you, God, for this message. <laughs> okay, KG, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic, and... Um, <clears throat> The first time I did my fifth step, it was like, oh, just such freedom, right? Because I didn't have to engage in, in image management anymore. You know, like I didn't have to worry about who I slept with and who slept with them and, and, and maintaining an image because at my core, I'm selfish and I don't like to do work. But I want you all to think that I'm KDG and I am a really hard worker and, you know, a superstar and blah, blah, blah. And, um... So I, I, but then in, in my heart of hearts, I know, like, am I really showing up? And I've seen this a lot. Um, and, you know, guys, I'm recovered today from, for one day from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And as I go through the steps and I continue to go through the steps, um, I always want to learn where my powerlessness and my unmanageability is. And that's how I learn, like starting back on step one. Um, and this has really come up for me um, at work, you know, like I, I want everyone to think I'm working really hard, but as you all know, with my exercise bulimia, I was walking out of work. They were paying me to, to, to be exercising because I want to be this beautiful, thinnest girl in the room because I believe the lies that if I'm the beautiful, thinnest girl in the room, I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to be happy and I don't need anything, right? So all of this double, triple, quadruple life came from this fear, right? That's that's my core. Like, it never felt okay to be KDG. And so because of that core belief, it's not okay to me, I believed I had to be someone that I thought you wanted me to be. I had to read your mind, which I can't do, and if you can, call me because I need your help. I had to read your mind, figure out what you wanted, do what you wanted me to do so I could get what you want. That a fancy phrase for this it's called people-pleasing. Really, it's just my control, right? And so for me, when I first did the, the fifth step, it was like, I don't have to perform anymore. You mean it's okay for me to be me? 
And I continue to work on this every day as I continue to fall into the reality that KDG actually is not a superstar and that it's okay not to be a superstar. That intimacy really means into me I see and that real humility means seeing me and things as I really am a worker among workers, a recovered woman just for today who's working this program as if my life depends on it as a drowning woman because we all know that living a double, triple, quadruple life becomes so confusing that ultimately eating is a step up and that is what I am trying to avoid at all costs today. So I'm doing it with you guys one day at a time, shoulder to shoulder today and, um, and living with honesty honesty, 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 and being the woman that God wants me to be today. Because at the end of the day, that's what matters. And with that, I pass. Okay, thank you, Katie. And we'll open up to sharing for about uh, two or three more people. Um, who would like Larry. to share? Larry. Nancy Allen. Larry Kay. Um, I think I heard Reva. Yes. Nancy Allen. Okay, Reva P. And Nancy R. Let's take those three, and we'll start off with Larry K. Thanks, Stu. Uh, Larry K. Recovered, compulsive reader from Chicago. So, you know, for me, what this what this refers to really is, you know, what what you may have heard, you know, it's cognitive dissonance. You know, it's that incongruence about ourselves, and um, you know, it's it's a situation where we have conflicting attitudes, beliefs, or behaviors. You know. And, and that, of course, produces a, a, a terribly uncomfortable feeling. I know it did for me. So here I am, you know, uh, in my profession, you know, before program, certainly uh, cognitively dissonant. On the one hand, I want you to, I want the world and patients and other people to think I'm Mr. Wonderful, you know. But, but, but I was cognitively dissonant, and I needed the food to, to numb me out from that, uh, that cognitive dissonance. Because the truth was is that my life was a mess and here I'm trying to tell other people and trying to assist other people in, in managing their lives, right? So eventually what we need, you know, is something to numb us out from that horrible, horrible feeling of cognitive dissonance. And maybe like, like I was, maybe you're there right now. Most of us have been there. And, you know, you, you don't, but, you know, become perfectly congruent. No human being does or imperfect human beings. But I'll tell you what these pro- this program has done, you know, whether it's the fifth step, all the steps in sequence, it's allowed me uh, to have that congruence that my walk more closely aligns with my talk. And man, oh man, is that a freedom where I could look anybody in the eye and I could say, oh, yeah, I remember what that was like before God changed me as a result of these steps. I remember what that was like, feeling that horrible cognitive dissonance. And I don't have that today. I don't have that in my life today. So today I'm untethered. God, through these steps, is what I choose to believe, has untethered me from that horrible incongruence Today, my walk and my talk more uh, closely align, and that's, that's part of the process in step five. But it's got to be all part of a sequence here. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Okay. Thank you, Larry. And we'll resume our sharing with Reba P. 
Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. I so relate to the actor, the pretender, compartmentalizing myself um, and how I needed to be in different areas with different people. And it reminds me of what it says on page 21 where it talks about I'm a real, the real alcoholic um, myself is a real Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, and that was me. Um, you know, when it came to um, the food, it was the same thing. I didn't, um, I didn't do crazy things with food in front of other people. My um, compulsive overeating was my big, big secret, and I did it in hiding. Um, but when I was out there eating, I pretended I was eating uh, normally, but I wasn't really, and I wasn't fooling anybody but myself. And one of the greatest gifts of this program is I don't have to be a different person in different scenarios. I don't have to control myself to be something that I'm not. You know, it was all about controlling either other people, other situations, always controlling from the outside. And this program works at my insides, and then I get the ripple effect of things that naturally change in my outside life. And I get to be the same person, whether I'm at work, whether I'm at a meeting, whether I'm with family. And, um, you know, that is such a gift because I always felt, you know, at work I had to be like this. And then with these people, I have to be like that. And just like with the food and the crazy thinking, like it was so busy. It was just so exhausting having to run the world and run myself. And I don't do this where I get to be the same person. I just do the steps. I just do the steps and the order they're laid out. And this happens to me as a result of working the steps. I don't have to be an actor. Um, and it is such a relief. Uh, with that, I pass. Thank you so much. And we'll take our last reader, I mean our last share person, Nancy R. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Nancy R., a grateful recovered compulsive reader. And uh, I'm really grateful for all the wonderful shares I've heard this morning. I'm really grateful that this program has helped me to discover my authentic self. I didn't know who I was. I was assigned a role early in life uh, to be the perfect person. My father was a pastor. And uh, in in retrospect, my siblings didn't seem to take it to heart like I did. Um, So I really never knew who I was. Uh, I always felt I was phony because I wasn't this perfect person that I thought That probably wasn't the message that I was given, but I thought I had to be this perfect person. It says more than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life, which means I'm not unique. Uh, We all have different roles to play in life. You know, my actions at work, my actions at church, my actions in the gym, I I interact with uh, people according to the situation, but I can still be my authentic self. But I didn't know who my authentic self was until I went through this process. I'm grateful today. I recognize my strengths. I also recognize my weaknesses. And uh, the steps have given me a way to deal with uh, the different uh, vicissitudes of life. When things happen, I don't have to change. I have to deal. It's given me the courage to deal with life on life's terms. But I had to go through the process. And step five was crucial 
for me to uh, uh, let go of a lot of fears and the guilt and the feeling that I had been a victim. That was the most important thing to be freed of. I had not been a victim. I had been a participant. And um, uh, it only happened because I was so uh, sick of the, I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I think that's why the program only works for people who are really desperate because it does call for uh, a lot of work and a complete change in thinking, but I'm, but the results have been worth it. And for that, I'm eternal grateful. Thank you for letting me share. Okay, thank you very much. Um, and this brings us to the close of our meeting. And um, thank you to everyone who has shared, especially um, Team Friday, and a special thanks for Renata G for stepping up um, to do the 12 steps. Um, we will be closing our meeting. Uh, please join us for the second hour of unrecorded um, study of the big book, immediately followed by closing. Uh, we will now close the, uh, with the reading of the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And I will ask um, Janice B to close us with a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only until keep until then. Okay. Thank you, Ju. This is Janice B., compulsive overeater in Vermont. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.